Hi, it's Memory from Friends of Road Relationship School, and today we have a another interesting episode um, 30, 35 uh, of Trauma on the Screen. And the film today that we are showing is Osage, uh, August, Osage County. An interesting film again uh, portraying childhood trauma. And I am going to be joined by Judita, who's going to come and um and help me to to review this film a very interesting film really indeed so um i'm going to dive in um into this film and what i've done is apart from the themes that i've put on there which i can't see from where I am, I am going to dive into um, childhood trauma foremost. Ah, there we go. There's my friend. Can you share two friends abroad, Judith, before you join? And I will add you um, to join me. Adding Judith. This is a actually in terms terms of um, its portrayal of childhood trauma and many other themes in a codependent or toxic relationship. Hello there. <laughs> My Manu. <laughs> yeah, that's a very nice title. <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> how are you doing? And Manu, how is he? Yeah, we're both very good. Uh, he's... Uh, He's doing his screen time <laughs> in the kitchen. Uh, yeah, we had a fun day, played around a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So very, very good film. Thank you for joining me for portrayal for portrayal yeah. of childhood trauma, and very, very yes. powerful to show family dynamics and all yes. the various um, effects of, of of trauma, isn't it? So, yeah. apart from the, um, the, the the themes that I've shared on there, what I was thinking is that we could go through these people one at a time and look into the various um, aspects of trauma that they portrayed in this film, isn't it? I think that would be a good approach because I um, you need almost like a diagram, who's who and you know what happened with everyone. <laughs> so I did that in my notes. Yeah. Because I, I watched this movie some time ago actually and it was one of the first ones that I think both me and Anna suggested when you had this idea to start and I think we lost it in the middle of everything but here we are so we're doing it yeah. and it's a great one as well one of the great ones that's true so I have started with Violet um, Violet is the mother isn't she um, yeah. yeah which is um, a, a role played by Meryl Streep really awesome acting in there so yeah. we, we we start with Violet or we could start with um with Bev, the husband. Um maybe let's go to Bev. Bev is a, a poet, um, you know, and uh, a award-winning poet. And he has been for 50 years a functional alcoholic. Yeah. And he also has stayed in a relationship that is not healthy for that long. Mm. I mean, they've been married for, for ages because they have known each other for over 50 years. As far as she says, uh, when they got married and she uh, when she was talking about his alcoholism. And then they brought up a family together and they lived, when in his narration, they were living together apart, really. Um, they, they each have separate lives and they had a silent or tacit uh, agreement about the fact that he was an alcoholic and she was a drug addict, medication addict. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we are wondering how this came about. And there's another bit to it that he actually slept with his wife's sister and had a son with her. Um, the son whose father, or supposedly father, doesn't know that he's not his son. And yeah. on top of that, he also ends up committing suicide. 
Yeah. And, and this is this is powerful because we are wondering where that came from. And luckily, we've got the answers in there about this man's mm-hmm. upbringing, where he lived in a car, in a sedan, from the age of four to the age of 10. How traumatic that can be for a child, quite deprived, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. What do you do? You you're, anything you're talking about that, right? Your husband, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I thought, um, I mean, we're talking about him, but um, I'm thinking both him and her, like Violet and Beverly together, it's a classic codependency kind of relationship that actually has the, the, the actual alcoholism and, and addiction. Yes. Uh, the drug, I mean, she was addicted to pills and he was addicted to alcohol and uh, she was she's she's a very dysfunctional person and he cannot stand up to her no. he cannot assert himself to her and so i think it's his way of coping you know where he had um this hidden relationship with with her or um you know a child with, with her sister her sister and um uh, it's very, um, yeah, very damaging, actually, all of this, uh, to, also to others. And it seems like almost everyone, well, some people actually know. So it's almost like an implicit, it, it's, it's, a, it's an implicit silence, you know, that uh, to, uh, 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 um, uh, taboo that uh, they don't speak about. Uh, and, but, but actually Violet knew all along and um yeah and uh, uh, so i mean ivy didn't know the do- one of the daughters that uh, uh that that was actually uh in love with, with the son yeah son with the charles right it's a bit confusing with all these roles like everyone's intertwined somehow yeah i well, through family um so yeah no it's it's very i mean it's very dysfunctional i mean that too you know not just uh, not just violet but but then Bev's behavior as well i mean it's yeah yeah so so what happens with Bev is that because of his um his upbringing um the, it all led to to what happened to him because there was no therapy obviously no counseling so he had to cope the best way that he had to cope which he probably and most likely learned in childhood. And that what, that's what he was now doing in his adulthood because that's what he knew. And that is pretty sad, his ending. And he also had um, a favorite child, um, Ivy, I'm sorry, Barbara. And again, that is a problem for the other children in the family when a parent can choose a favorite child. So, yeah, so I think the whole dynamic, now we are going to violate from Bev. Uh, the whole dynamic, as you said, was very codependent and they were the right fit. Because we know about Bev's upbringing that he lived in a car and that he was deprived. And they were the first two people in, from their families to graduate high school. And that was an achievement to them. And so we have Violet on one end, also ending up with him. And she had trauma in her childhood where he mother moved from relationship to relationship from man to man and the men that she attracted or she stayed with seemed to have been dysfunctional also and very codependent um, because we hear that violet himself was beaten with a claw hammer by one of her mother's many suitors many men yeah yeah so we learn also, this is a bit further, I think, along the movie that, uh, you know, her, her mother, Violet's mother, makes a, a joke on her birthday where she wanted the, these boots, you know, these cowboy boots. And she gets these, uh, I mean, how cruel can that be? I mean, it's just so sad, you know. You learn a little bit also about her childhood that, that she was given this old used boots um <laughs> you know and it was used as a uh her mother joked with that you know like uh, so it's also the pride you know she was also deprived uh, in her childhood i think and, and she 
didn't get the emotional uh, connection and support and love that a child would need to get. No. I mean, it was, I mean, it was ridiculous. Because S- sad. Yeah. Tragic. Because your mother was busy trying to connect with uh, with somebody for a relationship. And we do talk about this and we are learning about this, the importance of recognizing that a romantic relationship is a secondary relationship. It is important that we nurture our first relationship and not be too desperate to go into relationship. Because in our desperation to try and enter a romantic relationship, we end up abandoning the very children that we initially loved so much to have when we set out yeah. to have a first relationship and then when we are in a second relationship or wanting this next relationship we are now abandoning these children and now when we are also addicted like violet to a drug or a medication or alcohol we end up abandoning these children indirectly we might think we love them but the problem is whilst we are indulging in our drug of choice it is not possible that we can love anybody else because that yeah. becomes a first because what we are trying to do in our addictions is to fill a void we are trying to, to remove the pain and the problem yeah. is whilst the addiction does not remove the pain it takes us away from us yeah. from us first and it also takes yeah. us away from anyone else who we love and who might love us yeah, yeah. absolutely it takes the time and the space the mental energy from from who you you um you should be spending time with who who is supposed to be your priority you know i think this and i i think you know um I mean, it's it's a very um, um, uh, sharp um, example, you know, when you have something like uh, alcohol or drugs. But I think also today, you know, it can be your mobile phone, you know, or online shopping, you know. I mean, it's how you spend your time. Exactly. Um, and how you, yeah, it's it's very subtle, but it has a very similar effect, I think. It does. You know? You have to be conscious how you take your time, how you spend your time. And food. And what and on whom. Yeah. And exercise. And exercise. Sometimes we, we, we notice these things such as food and we just say, I'm eating. And exercise, we say, ah, I'm exercising. But we actually don't recognize this. Actually, addictions. Even in our desire yeah. to be healthy, we can overdo it. And yes yeah so yeah so that that's really powerful and with violet we've got a, a, a stretchy uh, theme around her because we also notice she's a very intelligent woman and she said something that's very significant that i picked up nothing passed through her nobody could do anything that she didn't notice she couldn't see and she could pick up things and in that also she could manipulate other people it's possible mm. to do that and the next thing that i picked up was that because of her upbringing because she was not conscious herself she might have been intelligent but she was not conscious she was not aware and in that lack of awareness what happened was that she didn't think that she compared traumas she didn't think that because her children were raised in the environment where she was an addict and her husband was an addict. They were not traumatized simply because she compared her trauma of being beaten with a claw hammer with their trauma of the struggle of having disconnected parents. Mm. And there's no comparison. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? What I, I mean, mean uh, is no she had physical trauma where she was physically abused. And yeah. her children were emotionally abused and neglected, but she didn't yeah. think that they suffered because they were not beaten oh. just like her. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, I can. Con- that, that sounds familiar, yeah. I think. For me personally, yeah. And many people say yeah. that. Many people say and do that because they yeah. believe that because you were not hit by a parent, 
So yeah. you can't have suffered trauma. And you might find that that is why many people, other people also might do, might not believe that they've got trauma because they yes. didn't experience poverty. They were not trapped yeah. or yeah. yeah, maybe their parents were well off. So, and this is the yeah. exact thing that Violet was saying to her children, that we yeah. had everything because they were provided for she felt that yeah. that was enough but what she didn't recognize was that although they yeah. were provided for in terms of food and going to trying to get them to school but emotionally they were deprived yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> I agree more. yeah that that's that can happen often yeah that, that you that that someone like her compares yes the you know the uh, physical abuse which is accompanied by emotional by the way absolutely that, that is traumatic and the rest you know forget about it you're spoiled you're not you know you're provided for and therefore you have nothing missing exactly. yeah, that's, that's that can be a thread and it reminds me also of other movies we've seen uh, where you exactly had that, you know, like the, um, I'm thinking, I don't remember the name of the movie, oh, never mind, but it, it's the same theme, you know, where the son says to the to the father, yeah, I, I you know, I have everything, but something was missing, yes. you know, um, the one with Jeremy Irons, you know, that moment. Uh, oh, okay. Let's not mix movies. Oh, all right. <laughs> I remember it. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, so th th that's um, that's Violet. I think Violet will appear in, in other people's things also, but I think she's the powerful figure in there. And she's um, and, and being aware also, very codependent in her relationship and being an addict, and also um, the awareness of the secrecy that his husband had fathered a child with his sister and not confronting any of them. And, and that is a concern because what she was trying to do, these two people, Bev and Violet, had abandonment trauma and that's what they were trying to strategize to prevent they did abandon each other anyway because they were not in a relationship they just lived together but yeah. they thought they put bandage you know uh, applied bandage to their situation yeah. put a little plaster yeah. to a deep wound mm -hmm. and unfortunately it didn't work because the voids were there until the end yeah, yeah absolutely and i think i think uh it's i think it's suggestive that bev committed suicide and i, I probably he has mm -hmm. i mean in in his um you know misery yes i think he out of misery he committed suicide what I and it's, it's never made clear right it's never made clear so he drowned and i think it's part of the you know shame and stigma of all this all these issues you know like uh, like the child and the, also the, this as well you know um it's almost like they they Im implicitly wanted to make it look like as if it was accidental drowning but it kind of it's almost understood that everyone understood or most people understood it was it was suicide. It was. And the thing about it is I suspect that um, from my assumption, it might have been because he found out that Ivy and little Charles were in a relationship. Um, yeah. mm. I, I feel like that might have been the last straw for him because then he didn't know how to explain himself when they came clean. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think at, at that point, like uh, to me, it was like uh, he endured so much uh, of abuse, also from from Violet. You know, for me, I felt uh, it could have been also just any kind of episode of arguing with her, or you know, I think uh, that that could have pushed him. He had learned to live with that. I think the final that that shame would have been too much because imagine. When these two came clean in front of him, what was he going to say to his family? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I think that's the I think yeah. that's a powerful reason why he might have done this. Because I don't yeah. think both of them, Violet and, and him, I don't think much escaped them. I think he was quite um 
quite aware of what was going on around him. And I feel like that mm. might have been one of the uh, the reason why he, he took that role. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm. we have um we have Charles. Charles um Matifay's husband. And Charles mm. again, apparently according to Violet, he smoked grass. <laughs> so, so, so he was probably in his own world even as things were happening. Um, very supportive, yeah. loved his wife, but the wife also was very, very challenging in because he pointed mm. out that to her that you and your sister, you know, are just, you know, they, they are not nice to people. And and this this is yeah. something we need to learn to be aware of because sometimes we've yeah. got like patterns in, in the family where in yeah. our different little ways we can be not nice to people. And, and it's important yeah. to find out that this is a pattern and what might, what might be causing this. And of course, they knew about their traumas, but they couldn't link their traumas to their behaviors. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sure. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know. So in fact, yeah, they were very similar yeah. in that respect. Exactly. And, and also, uh, it was so poignant, you know, when the so Matty, the, the woman was so cruel always belittling you know the son charles yeah and, and her husband pointed that out to her but do you know why? i think that was the point. why do you think that was that she was belittling him yeah was it not out of shame and she was trying to, to i think so i think because she knew she knew well, she, that she's it's the one who did it. So, so I, I think what it was, yeah, you're right. I think what, what it was is that she was trying to to cover her, her mistakes somehow and taking things on him, you know, and trying to bring it out him for him. what she had done. Yeah. 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 Mm. And that's what we do. We try to find weak points, isn't it? When we struggle in life, we have this tendency of finding a weaker point to lash out at. And most of the time, the yeah. weaker points are people who are next to us, nearest and dearest. When we are out there in public, we are lovely to everybody else. But when it comes to our nearest and dearest, we lash out at them. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Because of our own frustrations, right? Like yeah. if he was a scapegoat. Yes, he was. A scapegoat. And we do yeah. that because we cannot control ourselves. Because when, when and if I have compassion for myself, and I'm able to manage myself and control myself. I have no need to lash out at anyone else. It's not that we are going to be constantly aware and not lash out at anyone at all. But the amount of times that we do it and the impact of how we do it and and, um, the aggression with which we do it can be really catastrophic and can show that we we are dysregulated. Because yeah. many people are out there are dysregulated. I know myself when I am, I mean, once upon a time I was very dysregulated, uh, but now it's only from pre-triggers such as I haven't slept well. And if something comes into my view and I am not really well rested and well focused, I, I might react. And that is now on occasion rather than before. But they were very yeah. dysregulated, the two of them. And what also happens with dysregulation, when you can't regulate yourself, is, is that you are also very entitled. Because you feel that people have to just accommodate your reactions, your frustrations, yeah. your anger. Yeah. yeah. But it's very subconscious yeah. also. Very subconscious. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And and the other thing with um, Mati Faye was that she was also she had a secret, and that's another theme that I picked up in this film. Um, she had a secret that she kept about her child, and this was also common. There was another person who talked about here who kept a secret, uh, two secrets actually. And, and that can be a problem in life sometimes. We do have these secrets um, that we keep. Mm. And the problem is we keep secrets from shame. Um, mm. But my concern more than anything was the fact that 
she had actually had a child with her sister's husband maybe if it was somebody else you know you can sort of say all right but your own sister i think that's that is, yeah. yeah that is very challenging to do that to your yeah. own blood yeah. you know yeah, yeah. And, and this is a woman who actually held her dear her sister loved her so much and i think this is what she this is why she forgave her because of the dents in her head from defending her from him sister her mother's man i think that's the reason why she didn't want to do anything about that okay interesting yeah that's that's a plausible theory yeah she yeah. she didn't want because otherwise mm. she didn't want to do it otherwise i think the reaction would be much harsher from you know in a situation like this from one sister to another yeah. right to find out exactly yeah she could have confronted mm-hmm. her sister and she could have confronted mm-hmm. her husband and maybe even divorced her husband and she could have probably mm-hmm. not spoken to her sister that's what some people would do but there yeah. so much that was not addressed there and when we do that also we repress trauma because that's a traumatic situation that's repressed yeah yeah because yes yeah mm, absolutely it's self betrayal you don't just let things like that go without addressing them somehow mm. even with yourself to sit yeah. with yourself and parent yourself but then to also communicate because that that's not a secret to keep something like that yeah, yeah. sure yeah it damages I, i agree yeah and very then, difficult but yeah one needs to address it very challenging situation exactly Yeah. And then what about Barbara? What do you think about Barbara? Uh so she was the oldest daughter yeah. and she was um yeah she was in a way very similar to her mother. Mm-hmm. I find. Okay. Um so she also divorced I I think she wanted she, she's very much in control like you know wanting to be in control. Exactly. Uh, very controlling typical um, so sorry typical first born <laughs> yeah yeah i guess yeah. yeah so very similar i mean you know even if if she would probably think of herself as very different to her mother i'd i'd find her uh, because they often argue they argue the most i think they're most confrontational and conflictual but they're actually very similar yes So um yeah 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 so so Barbara really um, we we have a a a disintegrating relationship we have a betraying husband um and and, mm. and we have a daughter who's also following the same route of of childhood trauma because their daughter um Jean was already you know she was already smoking at 14 and um, yeah. and, and she was sort of um experimenting wasn't she we noted So yeah that is an you know another impact of childhood trauma and that mm. had been transmitted by the mother and they didn't see eye to eye um with mm-hmm. the mother so Barbara was controlling as you said and also was struggling with relationship difficulties um, yes yeah. she divorced with uh, with uh, Bill yeah, yeah. But the good thing about it was at least she was not saying staying in a dysfunctional relationship. She was she was mm. making the decision to leave. She wasn't True. although she did want her husband to be involved in their child's life and maybe she had misgivings and wanted something to change but no it wasn't because he was leaving and she was actually asking him whether he, he was leaving her and he said you, you know he, he made it clear that he was but it wasn't really sort of um written in stone was it yeah yeah so yeah that's a good point yeah. yeah so so it's important because actually she had an opportunity to reverse the divorce if possible because they hadn't actually divorced but um if they were to go to therapy i think there was something that could be workable and mm. and her husband um had also cheated on on him on her sorry and and bill isn't it and and that is yeah. actually another issue where people instead of trying to resolve their problems one 
go to therapy or leave before they do anything they opt to betray their relationship partner yeah. mm. and that's trauma yeah 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 so many people do that oh my gosh yeah. exactly yeah because, yeah. because it's easy it? yeah it's an easy quick fix yeah I mean it's not a fix but it's a yeah it's a bandaid as as you said earlier also yeah so th- that's 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 the thing with bill this is what he did and and of course he was very sort of defensive around his daughter um but he could he could do more he could do more to to support his daughter and to prevent the 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 um the, the addictions early on because we can see if this child followed that route of um of addictions of smoking and all that yeah. then she, she she's likely to end up you know somewhere not very great yeah 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 all right so the next person that we can look at is is that that daughter jean um so jean we've seen what 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 was happening with her and because of her vulnerability this is the thing also when a child is that vulnerable when there's a lot of trauma in a family if the child becomes vulnerable to 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 predators to you see and this is what yeah. happened when she met steve steve, steve who, yeah. who was current boyfriend and he knew yeah. she was 14 and then he's introducing her to it he's trying to groom her he was basically grooming that that young girl yeah 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 the sleazy guy yeah, yeah. And 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 we noticed that, and and here we are. Here he is in a family where there's been a funeral, and he has come with his fiance, and he is trying to to groom a 14-year-old niece of a of a of his um of his fiance. I think that's really um something to to reflect on. That's that's criminal, isn't it? Um. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's underage and. Uh... Uh, I mean it's kind of and that's the thing you know you said pre- to, uh, vulnerable to predators because it seems like she's uh, going along with it but I mean she's 14 you know and I think it's a a cry for it subconsciously a cry for attention yeah maybe you know um and and the way to 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 cope to kind of escape maybe the the, the situation you know the the parental situation and everything yeah but this kind of rebelling or you know if you like like rebelling behavior yeah but that that's that's what happens when children are free, are, are vulnerable when people are vulnerable they are susceptible it's like if i'm if i'm if, if i'm my my immunity is low and i go out there and get you know and meet people with bugs then i'm going to be ill aren't i and that is the same thing yeah. she was in a dysfunctional family a breaking down family where her mother and father yeah. are divorcing and most of the time we didn't know this but that makes children vulnerable divorce and break up of family relationships makes children vulnerable children from broken up families are vulnerable not that yeah. anyone is weak not that mothers or fathers are weak but ideally a child wants two 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 parents and if a child doesn't have the two parents then there is need for more support in the family because yeah. in, they internalize wanting a stable family that's what children want yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so very important to to recognize that and um mm. so in the end she needed both parents to support her but um Barbara was really angry with what she was doing and instead of even just um calling the police on this man she was fighting with her daughter which really yeah, I thought the, yeah sorry the responses were very diverse mm. and that's also quite telling so as you said like you know Barbara her mother instead of um uh, you know uh coming forward to the to her child calling the police on this man she latches out on on her child yeah right if i remember correctly and and i think i think the only healthy kind of uh even if it's extreme it's gone was by the, the woman jona the giant <laughs> woman you know attacking the man with the <laughs> with the shovel or something <laughs> yeah. 
she is a child, you know. I mean, <laughs> thank God somebody was looking out for the child. Something could, that, that, you know, things, something could have happened out there with all parents not knowing where the child was. Although she's 14, you can't just sort of keep an eye on it 24 hours. But still, still a child, she needs, you know, she needs protection. And uh, yes, Jonah, she was also a fascinating character. I think we can go, you know, we can get into her because she's coming to work and coming to work on her first day. And she is coming across this woman and her attitude and this man and he's drinking and he's telling her, all, all of these things and, and you have to be really courageous to join such a family where you are aware of the dysfunctionality like that yes yeah, yeah. and you know you can maybe it's a bit stereotypical but maybe because she's cheyenne you know uh, 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 an ethnic um, uh, group um, that you know maybe she she is uh, familiar with these kind of situations. I mean, this is maybe a bit stereotypical of me to say, but there are often these situations. I, I recall from my um, experience of living in New Zealand, you know, with Maori culture, um, it's a disintegration of their cultural values that brought a lot of alcoholism in the, I mean, it's a well-known problem All right. in their communities. And so a lot of the men are very violent. There's a lot of domestic violence All right. um, because of alcoholism. But, you know, um, they also say that uh, the alcohol, also in Canada, you know, with the groups there, uh, because of their genetic makeup, alcohol is much more, um, uh, makes them much more vulnerable okay. to violence, you know, has a, a stronger effect than on white people. Okay. Uh, anyway, this is a bit of a, dis a digression, but uh, yeah, oh. anyway, yes, yeah, so I think your point is very, a very good one. Yeah, you have to, you would think that, you would think that she, she must, must have been, must have had experience or, or some familiarity with this kind of uh, situation. Uh, because otherwise, I think another person would just run, you know, <laughs> because it is a bit of a, a challenge. lunatic, like chaotic, challenging situation. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. And then we have um, Steve, very dysfunctional Steve, and um, he's three divorces, two divorces, and he's trying to get married for the third time, and then he's trying to groom a 14-year-old. And, and you can sort of see how dysfunctional he was, trying to smoke weed and all that. And then he ended up with this lady, um, uh, Karen, is, is, is it uh, Karen? And you, can, you recognize the codependence there, the right fit theory. Karen, who has been addicted to relationships she has been in a relationship where she, which she was talking about where she used to be called names nasty names and and she said i still believed that in love and that she could love this person and she could fix things and things could you know could change and then she decided that enough was enough and she spent time yeah. on her own which is something that we recommend after breakups after dysfunctional relationships be on your own however yeah. it's what you do in that space that is powerful because sometimes people believe that just being on your own is, is is the best thing yes it is but what are you doing whilst you are on your own that is what makes a difference in your next relationship and this yeah. is something nobody taught us isn't it yeah. absolutely yeah yeah um no, it's amazing how how um, so often, well, many people jump immediately into another relationship or go into another while they are still formally with their exes, right? Yeah. And, uh, and informally. And, then, and informally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you you also have uh, yeah you it's it's. Um, um, I don't know what makes, you know, what makes a person um, w try to want to heal when you're, you have that period alone, you know, uh, because I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm trying to analyze it with myself, like what made me want to, because I could have jumped into 
into a relationship. I didn't feel like it, uh, you know, and um, and I think that that felt right for me. I didn't feel like going into another. But what made me reflect what went wrong, you know, with the, without the help of, of, of well, maybe a little bit of therapy, but I didn't go for a long time, or without the help of this group, I came to this group much later, you know, but I, I think that I, ha I had, I, I don't know, I don't know, but I find it very, uh, very interesting um, people, what people do post-breakup. People want to fill a void. And, and uh, sometimes what happens is that we recognize that the void is too too, too deep to fill with, with something and it won't be filled with anything external. You can put sticks and stones in it. You can put a hundred people in there or a million people. It's not going to fill up. And I think at some point you have this recognition, this aha moment where you realize that actually, if I do not heal, if I do not do something about my situation, I am just going to change faces, but I'm going to see the same person throughout my life. Yeah. And, and this is the thing that we need to look into, that we will not change the person we are seeing, we'll still meet the same person every day until and unless we do some healing work, until we are aware of our patterns and that these are the patterns that are keeping us stuck. Yeah. And, and that is the thing. Some people um, try to pack it there to say, well, things will change on their own, but they won't. They won't, unfortunately, mm. because the problem is this. Um, if you have a pattern, you have a habit, you have habits that you, you are used to, and that's your way of life. That's your way of yeah. being. And unless you change the way you do things, the way things happen or the outcomes are not likely to change. So you probably yeah. had an aha moment and recognized that yeah. actually nothing is going to change until I change. Thank you for reminding me. Actually, you know, I think in initially in the initial periods, I was focused so much on him, mm -hmm. you know, what he has done, why he has done it. And then, and then I just somehow shifted to to look at what i have done and what i don't want to do again yeah so yeah i think unless you realize that there was a part that you played and you were responsible for and you don't want to repeat and you think like why was i like that yeah the other you know, thing yeah. is you mentioned therapy and also you came to the group and what happened is that it's difficult when you've got patterns that you have repeated for 40 years, for 20 years, for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. What happens is you cannot change those patterns alone most of the time. You need help. Why? Because you've been doing it all along on your own. And for you to change that, you really need someone who can, so you need accountability. That's why we emphasize accountability in the group. Because without accountability, we betray ourselves. We can tell ourselves stories. I'm doing okay, I'm all right. People tend to say that. And we don't have a problem with someone saying I'm okay. But the thing is, what will happen is, when you then recognize your outcomes, that's when you realize that actually you are not. Yeah. Yeah. But when you walk alongside somebody and they're sort of giving you reminders and the problem that we have most of the time is we don't like that because we've got a traumatic uh, independent, I'm independent approach. I can do this, you know, approach and we don't realize that it's a trauma response because we have a sense of that I can accomplish things on my own. Yes, we have resources internally, but you need help to access those resources. You know, when we do system, yeah. we say you sit with your emotions and use them to create situations and solutions. But someone has to be there to, re to, to hold you accountable, as well as you yeah. recording your journal to hold yourself accountable. And until you're out of the woods at some point, you need help. You need accountability. Yeah. yeah. And the guidance, yeah. yeah. And, and the problem is many people cannot afford therapy. And sometimes mm. they don't know about support groups, like our support groups, where you can just have someone walk with you for a little while and then sort of win you off and then you can you can learn to use tools on your own. And that is the challenge, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those are the resources that we need in life today. You see. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got um, IV and little Charles. Um, of course, we've got this theme of codependency, and Ivy is one of these children in this family who's got secrets. She kept two secrets from her family. Number one, the secret of her cancer, where she actually had a hysterectomy, and then she kept the secret about Charles. And of course, because she did that, she didn't realize she was getting into an incestuous relationship, which was quite mm-hmm. devastating, I think, for both of them to discover in the end. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. I cannot imagine. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is this is what happens because Marty Faith kept a secret, Violet kept a secret, um, what's his name, Bev kept a secret. And because of that, children belonging to the Sun family ended up in a relationship. Yeah. If this yeah. had been communicated early on and these children knew, then none of this would have happened. Imagine the impact of that on those children for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah, very traumatizing, yeah. in fact. I mean, I think Ivy was kind of uh, so full of hope and love, you know, that she would be getting married to this guy and then to discover that he, and he's he's also kind of stunted in a way because of her mo- his mother, mm, mm, mm. you know, belittling him and, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, trauma on top of trauma, yes. I, I think it's very unhealthy, very, very, um, yeah, you don't know who's got, who's getting it worse. Exactly. Exactly. And in the end, we, we have three daughters who are not in relationships, whose relationships have been disintegrated. Because although we have parents um, who who is with um, with Steve and, and then finds out what Steve has done, she's devastated by what she, Steve has done. And she's trying to blame Jean. She's trying to blame Barbara. She's trying to find anyone else to blame apart from Steve. And this is what codependency does. Yeah. It doesn't see the problem in itself. It sees the problem in anyone else. Yeah. And also in her, you know, she avoids accounting, uh, you Accountability. know, her own responsibility yeah. that she was with this guy, you know, that she didn't recognize the red flags. I think she knew. I think there's things that she picked up, but she didn't want to to see that because he had sort of come to a rescue. She thought that the time she had spent on her own had been adequate yeah. for her to now move yeah. on to a, a relationship. And she thought because she found him in this um, in this time when she wasn't looking, then that might have meant that's him. But she didn't realize yeah. she was still repeating patterns because she hadn't explored healing work. Yeah. 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 No, she she knew yes she knew but she wasn't acting on it she what she didn't want to fully acknowledge it she wasn't I, mean, I think it was self sabotage yeah really yeah. and then um, we had Dr Beck um, I, I do I do um, kind of like these themes where you have professionals into you know in, in the picture we, we we know about medication how medication is prescribed. Um, in, 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 in the in the first world, I think um, I think yeah. there's a lot of prescription medication, and um, you could see the rage of Barbara. Doctor Burke had been um, um, Violet's doctor for a while. They knew they knew him, but he knew um, Violet's history of addiction. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there he is prescribing pill after pill after pill. And it's all money, isn't it? Um, getting into pharma, isn't it? And um, yeah, yeah. No, completely. It's such a it's such a big industry, and it's um, you know it's 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 um, really a tragedy because yeah. they get. Uh, I mean, of course, they get interest out of you know out of prescribing the doctors themselves from the pharma pharmacological industry and. No, it's 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 a it's a um, um, it's criminal. It's criminal. I think in the U.S., you know, uh, they're making addiction out of uh, they're addicting people for profit, basically. 
you know, and then the same people prescribe medicine to help them yeah. get out of addiction. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. So I, I must say I didn't I didn't notice uh, much about the doctor. I mean he had a, a minor role I think. So I didn't really um, yeah you know pick anything about him. But yeah this uh, pres- prescribing. I mean often you know the GPs the family GPs would be aware of a person of their own a client you know being addicted. Yeah. But they're complicit with it. They don't deal with um, they don't see or deal or try to to heal the psychological kind of the, the dependency the, the the addiction they're they're actually enabling it the thing is with um i think healthcare sometimes people are scared of being sued um and then they just sometimes just accept what the patient is saying and 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 what they're asking for and they, they just mm. go ahead and go ahead and, 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 and prescribe and it's really sad because then you think of the odds are you acting in the best interest of the person uh, or are you just uh, you know doing things to, to, to go along with what they want and in the end this damages lives um, rather than observe or recognize that someone is now addicted and they might need referral to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or, or you know or somebody who can who can support them to 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 look into their psychological existence um, you know you just keep prescribing drugs i think that's quite concerning and it, it's very difficult at her age it was going to be difficult to manage that addiction i know barbara yeah. barbara was applying mm-hmm. band-aid she was doing her best and this is what we do when we are family mm-hmm. we try to help and we take away those things but to actually manage someone's addiction, you've got to win off. You can't just take away the drug just like that. Yeah, you've got to either, yeah it's very yeah. difficult. You've got to either find a replacement or you have to win someone off gradually. Otherwise, it causes, you know, um, more damage. Really? Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, because they, they are going to, um, you know, they are going to, I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> it just escaped my head. Where, where they really want that, that drug and, and, and what do you do? You, you've got to do something yeah. about that. Otherwise, they will just, you know, break down or just like what she was doing, the reactions that she had. It might have been that she was withdrawn, that she withdraw. But then withdrawal. Withdrawal. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that's really powerful. I don't know if you've got anything else to say about this film, but I think it's, it's, it's just one of those powerful films. Um, and, and it just portrays trauma. Um, and and it's, it's one of those films we need to watch and, and probably see parts of our families in it. And, and maybe look into ways that we can actually look into healing, to look into ways that we can we can adjust or adapt our behaviors gradually. It's not an overnight fix, yeah. is it? Yeah. No, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it was very overwhelming. I think the, the movie itself and then the uh, Violet, the, the main character, the mother, a very difficult woman to be with, to live with, uh, to be the daughter of, I just, for me, that was, you know, that was the overall, I mean, we had all these other themes with other characters, but for me, her, her personality was so overwhelming and strong and manipulative and difficult and everything, you know, uh, that uh, that was the, um, that, that was the main feature of the movie. And, and it was actually quite, um, uh, quite difficult to watch because it, it, it was just you just felt this heaviness yeah um, and I must say I, I recognize a bit of that in in my mother you know um, and uh, you know it, it, it was I, I think she was addicted to chaos as well I mean she was constantly like you know uh, instigating provoking you know with her with her approach, um, just just this chaos and this fighting, you know, yes. and there was never a piece of, uh, there was almost never a, a period of peacefulness, you know, <laughs> around her. Yes. Uh, you know, she was with other people, it was always arguing, it was always some, you know, nasty comment or so very heavy uh, environment to be in. She was. To, to, she, she was. Right to relate to. Yeah, I think it's it's hurt people, hurt people, and they are victim. We are victims of victims. 
and uh, you know yeah, yeah. mentality i think yeah i think we didn't mention that but i think yeah violet well we did indirectly you know by by not allowing to compare her trauma with her daughter's trauma i think she was putting herself in this victim uh, mode and mentality like she was always i think that was also quite often the underlying theme that she was always kind of putting herself out there as a victim she was the number one victim and also she um, she was entitled as i said earlier on what happened is yeah. through our trauma we become entitled um yeah. this is this is why we need to manage the victim mindset it's because it can make us yeah. feel entitled because i do notice sometimes people talking about well people don't do this what people who is supposed to do what for whom and and this is powerful because i'm not saying that we need not help each other but who are we expecting to come and suddenly make our lives easy yeah no it has to come from, it it has to be us helping yeah. ourselves yeah because <laughs> no one else will rescue us yeah and sadly i mean sadly she 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 was a victim yeah you know um, in her childhood but uh but yeah i mean um i think the as you said the problem is that what she became uh she 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 felt as a result entitled yeah. um and and uh yeah overemphasized you know uh, yeah it's the entitlement in yeah. that, in that entitled. situation and it's important that we recognize that when we um in situations where we grew up with trauma we have no entitlement to anything or anyone at all yeah. our entitlement is to us to manage ourselves to find ways where we can seek support to find ways where we can access our internal resources and manage ourselves yeah. to find ways where yeah. we can ask for help that is the only entitlement that we have but sometimes what yeah. we do is we become so entitled that anything and anyone in our way needs to suffer because we suffered and, and the problem yeah. is with that entitlement it's not really intentional but the problem again mm-hmm. is that when we are adults we need to take responsibility because what happens is when we commit a crime out there nobody is going to understand our trauma although yes they are now going into prison um i, I like the step into the circle uh, program they are now getting into prison mm-hmm. to help people and raise awareness of trauma but yes you commit that tra- yeah. a, a, a crime you still go to jail so it is that yeah. even with any behavior and this is why our relationships suffer because a partner at some point recognizes our entitlements because we need yeah. our needs met because my mother didn't meet my needs so you come on and meet my needs and unfortunately yeah. it becomes too much for somebody and then they decide that yeah. i can't do this I've, i've had enough and i need to go and unfortunately yeah. our relationships end because of that yeah. then we call people names we accuse them of this that behavior but we also need to step back and recognize our part in there when we were staying we are not blaming anybody because we are all traumatized and we've done this but for myself i step back and say when i stayed longer i was feeling entitled that they are going to change they need to change for me they need to do this because we are in a relationship and the moment that i recognize that someone was choosing and that they are free and they've got the right to their choices i realize that i either have to live with it or get out and i chose myself yeah. in the end and i got out yeah what a change of approach yeah, yeah. and you have to become aware of it event like you know to to make that that decision and yeah so insightful thank you thank you so much judita and this is this has been just amazing it's quite a long film i wish we we had done i think i need to sort out zoom because i think i would have loved anna to join us on this and other people because yeah. this film is watching yeah. hi yeah. so I, i will see you soon and um and thank you and Give love to Manu. I will. Yeah. yeah thank you. Okay. And and everyone else, thank you for watching. And please continue to heal and to seek resources out there. We've got the system too for you to uh, to use your emotions 
to create solutions, to learn to sit with yourself and to access your inner resources so that we don't keep repeating these patterns and we don't resort to addictions to manage our pain. I hope that was helpful and I hope we see you soon and we'll be finding another, another film again with Gudita, hopefully. Thank you so much for sure. and thank you, Anna. Oh, Anna is here. Admire and you. Okay, bye. 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 Bye.